Not great, Bill. Not great. The Wild are 0-2, and it is a mess on multiple fronts. So what do we do about it? We'll discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we get to the bottom of what has gone wrong for the Wild through two games, although pretty obvious to see what that is. So uh, we'll discuss the defense. We'll discuss the goaltending. We will leave you with a couple of things that have gone well through two games. So uh, trying to end it on a positive note here today. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. And uh, look, we're not, let's not sugarcoat it. It's been a disastrous start for this Minnesota Wild team through two games. 14 goals allowed, dreadful goaltending, hideous defense. Nobody's having fun right now. It's it's was an exciting game last night against the Los Angeles Kings, but it was an extremely frustrating one because as bad as our goaltending was, Cal Peterson tried on multiple occasions to give that game away. He tried his hardest to give that game away for the Minnesota Wild last night, and they just would not take it from the Los Angeles Kings. And so we get a 7-6 loss in which Marc-Andre Fleury gets pulled after one period, having allowed four goals, and he has not been good to start the season by any stretch. Worst goalie in the league in terms of uh, goals saved above expected at negative 5.9. So he has allowed six more goals than has been expected through four periods of hockey, which is mind-boggling to uh, to look at. Not only that, you also have a wild defense that just looks lost. They look like they don't know where they need to be, and it has compounded problems as both of them have really hit a sour note to start the season. So is it more one or the other? Well, let me paint the picture for you this way. Goalies are expected at a base level to make average saves, to make saves on easy shots that are sent their way. The goal by the Kings in which the shot came from the top of the zone, no one deflected it, no one touched it, no one was in the way. And Flurry allows the goal to deflect off of his blocker because he is not in the proper position to play it. He doesn't attempt to glove it. He doesn't attempt to do anything on it. After the game says that he he was not he didn't track it, was focused on other things. That is a problem in and of itself. But on one side, you have those types of goals that are being allowed. Just the easy, low percentage shots that the other teams are taking that our goalies are not able to stop. 
On the other hand, an Adrian Kempe goal in the game last night in which Kempe walks into the wild defensive zone unopposed by anyone. There was no one even on his side of the ice. Him walking into the zone in that instance and scoring against Flurry, that's a different issue entirely. And so when the goalies don't make the normal saves and the defense allows opportunities to become way more difficult than they need to be, then everybody loses. And so you have a team through two games that has way more questions than answers, has fans frustrated, and rightfully so, and is leading to several other problems that have arisen from what is going on to start the season that are also going to be needed to be looked at. But just in kind of decompressing from the game last night, I will leave you with this as we dive further into the defense problems and just the lack of effort by many members of this team so far. Cam Talbot by himself is not fixing this. Kevin Fiala by himself is not fixing this. Talbot may make the save on the goal that I referenced that Fleury did not. But the defensive breakdowns of this team are a far bigger issue at the current moment than the goaltending. And the goaltending is bad. I'm not trying to let anybody off the hook uh, for what we have seen through two games. The goaltending has been bad. I will say, and we'll talk about this more in depth, I liked what we saw from Philip Gustafson in relief of Talbot or uh, Flurry last night. But again, Cam Talbot by himself has maybe maybe takes a couple of goals off the board. Maybe you end up losing that game against the Rangers 5-3. But that first goal to Chris Kreider, that is still a Rangers goal. And some of the other ones by the Kings last night are still goals. Goaltending is not fixing some of these issues that have compounded from this team. And Kevin Fiala, last I checked, is not a uh, Selkie candidate on defense. So yes, he maybe is able to get you to where you win last night's game, 7-5. to five, But 7-5 to five is still not acceptable. And so I understand the frustration that the Wilds, of the goalie options, stuck with Marc-Andre Fleury. I get that. I understand. Cam Talbot is hurt and is not playing right now. Cam Talbot also did not want to be here anymore. And yes, that stems from trading for Marc-Andre Fleury and putting the team in a 50-50 timeshare. I understand that. But he wasn't going to be here anyway. And so we, at some point, just have to move on and figure out the best way to solve these issues with who is either here or who is attainable to go get. So... I saw a lot of that on Twitter, and I understand Marc-Andre Fleury has been terrible to start the season. That There's no other way to put that. But at some point, we have to stop wishing for things that no longer are and looking at ways to fix these problems. So we're going to do just that. We're going to do that all season if that's what it takes. But it has not been good through two games, and it's frustrating to, uh, to see these types of things rear their ugly head because 
This is a team that prides themselves on being good defensively with the decor that they have, and they're not getting it done so far this year. So uh, we'll look at some of the other problems that have arisen from this. We're going to finish by looking at some of the things that are positive because I thought there were there were a handful of players last night that battled up until the very end, and that was encouraging. And so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the other things that have arisen from this um, 0-2 start to the season as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And if you are a new homeowner or a recent homeowner, Simply Safe is the best way to keep yourself safe and to give you peace of mind. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL. Plus, save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month absolutely free. Visit simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. A uh, reminder for listeners, you can find Locked on Wild in addition to the other Locked on Sports Minnesota shows on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Locked on Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and free of charge. So download the Locked on Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Owen oh, 2 what do we do about it? So in just reading the tea leaves for what we have seen uh, so far this season from the Wild, I would imagine that Marc-Andre Fleury will get the start against the Avs. I think being pulled was the wake-up call that the team is hoping will lead to him um, being able to find it and being able to get back on track um, and get back to some semblance of the goalie that he's been over the last few years. You know, at some point with all players that get up there in age, you simply lose it. You lose um, the ability to perform at the level that, uh, that you've been accustomed to over the past few years. And so maybe we're at that point that, um, that Flurry just cannot be the guy he has been um, over the course of his career, making the sprawling saves, jumping out of the crease to um, to stop pucks and just jumping all over the place and, and trying to come up with the big saves. Maybe he, if he is going to continue to play in the NHL, needs to become more of a stay-home guy. I think that was the biggest thing that I enjoyed from Philip Gustafson in last night's game is he just is so much more 
of a stay-at-home goalie, just as a quiet goalie in the crease. And I know the one goal that he gave up, he played it exactly right. He played it exactly right on the Fiala goal uh, because Fiala was trying to fit it between the uh, the post and Gustafson, and Gustafson got over to try to block that route entirely. It just deflected between Gustafson and in. So I, I think there's something there with Philip Gustafson, and so at some point you, you go to him to get starts to see if he can kind of get this, this goaltending back on track. But here's the other thing. So you've got Jesper Volstead down in Iowa. I am not of the mind that I want him up while the team in front of him is a mess, while the defense in front of him is a mess. That's going to serve no purpose other than to shake his confidence. If you have a team defensively that is allowing untouched, uncontested looks at the frequency that this defense is so far. Now, if we get further into the season and we can say, okay, the defense is back on track and the goaltending is still getting lit up, then maybe. But at this current moment, I am not ready to turn the keys over to to Volstead in this instance because it's just such chaos in front of him that even if he is on his even if he is better than Flurry and Gustafson at this point he's still going to give up goals because there just there are too many uncontested opportunities that this team's given up so the wild are going to have to ride it out with what they have Bonus out of this, the plus side out of this is that we probably end up seeing an extended run from Philip Gustafson sooner than we probably would have expected. But for a player who is a young goalie who really doesn't have a ton of starts in the NHL, that's not a bad thing. If Gustafson gets an opportunity to get 40-ish starts this year, maybe more, depending on what happens with Flurry. That's not a bad thing because that plays into the talent evaluation portion for this team that they're going to need over the next few years going forward to determine which players are going to be around and which players are going to be either traded or just allowed to leave. So getting an opportunity to see Gustafson early on in the season and to see what he really is able to do is not a bad thing. And again, we we have to keep in mind just as a frame of reference, that we are two games into the season. And yes, the two games have been terrible. But we are two out of 80 games into the season. And let's keep in mind last year, the Wild had a stretch where they lost 8 of 10 and suffered from many of these same problems. It is well within the realm of possibility to get this thing righted, but in order to do so, there are many members of this team that are going to have to perform better. And the other kind of point of contention, and I fully agree here, and I just, I don't know what you do about it at this point, because I don't know if Dean is ready to put Marco Rossi on the top line. I I don't. Um, Ryan Hartman had another bad night. He had that 
awful turnover that led to a Kings goal right in the wild zone. And he just, he seems like he is frustrated beyond belief here through the first two games of the season. It ended up getting to the point where Freddie Goudreau came in to center the top line for the Wilds. And I hear the, while Rossi was with those guys in the preseason, a lot of what the Wilds did in the preseason is not working right now. So I don't know if the coaching staff just doesn't, I, I don't know. I don't know what the the rationale is, but I know that four minutes of ice time for Marco Rossi is not acceptable. That That is not serving him any purpose whatsoever. And so I will again preach some patience because when the Wilds get to looking more like themselves, they are a team that rolls four deep and they, they roll four lines at you and... Dean feels like when those lines are all clicking that he can go to them at any point in the game to get what he needs. This team just, they're down by three goals heading into the second period. And so at that point, you just have to chop up the game plan and try to go win a game. And the guys who continue to be on the ice uh, down the stretch were the ones that were battling the hardest. And so you just, you roll with those guys. And it's not to say that Rossi and those guys weren't battling. But you just, in that singular instance, are trying to go win a game. And so you end up going with the Foligno, Erickson Eck, and Jost line, which I thought played, above all else, showed a ton of heart and a ton of battle. And that means something in a game like that last night. Those guys single-handedly created a scoring opportunity by winning puck battles along the boards. Tyson Jost in particular in that instance, and then Felino ended up scoring the goal on that shift. But that line battled their tails off the entire night. And so that means something. Those guys continue to play. Matt Boldy had another fantastic night. And so Matt Boldy continues to play. Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello had good nights last night. Collectively, the defense is still just terrible, but offensively, those guys played well. They dominated at times possession time, and it led to goals. And it leads back to the, the singular point of this whole thing is that as bad as it looked for the Wild last night, Cal Peterson was sitting in his crease, holding the game out on a platter for this team to take multiple times. He he might have been the worst goalie on the ice last night, which is saying something. But at the end of the day, he made the save at the end that mattered when the Wild went empty net with the extra attacker, and they had the one right up against the net, and Peterson was able to save it with like six seconds to go. That's the only save that mattered, and he made it. And the Wild had opportunities to make saves early in the game, and they didn't. So there collectively is a lot to fix. But collectively as well, there are things that are going well for this team. So we'll finish. We, we talked about it a little bit, but we'll finish by talking about some of the things that went right, both last night and so far this season as we finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. 
Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just a reminder once again, Lockdown Wild listeners, in addition to our show, you can find all of the Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcasts on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7, free of charge. So download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Two games in, and I am sure of one thing, that uh, that top power play unit for the Wilds is going to be a top 10 unit for the NHL this year. Um, it's it, it has been sensational through two games. They're 4 of 10, I believe, on the season so far. They should be 5 of 10. Uh, if not for a crazy save by Igor Shosturkin in the uh, opening night loss to the Rangers. Um, three power play goals last night. The movement of the puck is spectacular, and you have really created a lose-lose situation for opponents by having Matt Boldy on one side of the ice and Kirill Kaprizov on the other and having those guys be able to work like they're playing tennis, just just back and forth across the crease, finding opponent, uh, finding either Jewel Eriksson-Eck for an easy tap in, finding Matt Zuccarello uh, for more of a a mid zone shot. Um, it really is the th- th- one thing above all else that the Wild really were able to fix in a big way um, so far this season. Now. Power play two is still a work in progress, but the Wild have not needed to go to power play two as much because power play one has been scoring. So you're scoring early on in these penalties. Um, You don't need to shift guys out. And we saw it even once last night in which the Wilds tried to nearly ended up getting called for too many men. Um, the Wild tried to shift players onto the ice while they possessed the puck in the Kings' defensive zone. So they're trying a little bit of everything, just trying to keep that top power play unit out there. Uh, so that that is, I think, the biggest takeaway through two games is that that top power play unit looks really, really good. Uh, and so I wouldn't be surprised if that changes hardly at all. Uh, moving forward, because that is that's one area that it seems like this team uh, is able to consistently rely on to uh, get the job done. So those guys have been great. Um, I I really I have to talk about uh, Felino, Erickson, Eck, and Jost. I know I know the defensive numbers for everybody are not good. Like I think the Capri's offline collectively is a minus five each so far this season. Uh, in last night's game, I think the collective numbers for the Felino, Jost, and Erickson Eck uh, line was minus one total. So not as bad, but it just, when you have issues with, you know, defensive coverage and, and just seeming like portions of the team are playing the game at half to three quarter speed, that line battled the whole night. And. It seemed like every time the Wild had the puck and had possession with the intent to score, it was because those guys were battling for the puck along the boards, 
We're trying to create additional opportunities. Uh, Tyson Jost has fit in right at home on that pairing with those two guys. And, you know, we talked about it with Kevin Gorg a little bit in the postcast, uh, which you can also uh, listen back to if you uh, have not had a chance yet. Um, he does bring a little bit more of a speed element to that line. But, again, the thing that you want to see when everything's going wrong is the guys who just don't stop the fight. And those three collectively did not. I think that line has been one of the more stable of the uh, the four that we've seen so far. Um, hasn't been touched since the uh, the season started. You know, we've seen some movement from the Kaprizov line. We've seen the Boldy line. We've seen movement on all fronts. And so I think having that line be the one that just is consistently there and is consistently doing the thing that they're supposed to do has, has been a good thing so far for this team. And I hope that continues because then it creates an interesting conversation for when Jordan Greenway is ready to return as to if he goes back to that or, or what happens. So that line, I think, has been one of the bright spots so far. Um, you know, we go from talking about one rookie who has not played enough and that needs to be addressed to a rookie who I think has found the perfect role on this team. Decor pairings aside, that, that's, that's going to need to be fixed because that just defense just has been completely out of whack most of the season. But Kalen Addison, I think, through two games, has been doing what has been asked of him and doing it at a, a good level. You know, he just, it's amazing just how different this top power play unit looks. And through thick and thin, through high and low, him being one of the guys, him being the defenseman to drive that power play, I cannot speak enough about how good that that unit has looked through the first two games of the season. So, Really encouraged by what we've seen from him. Now, defensively, he's been with Jake Middleton. He's been with um, Alex Goligoski. So those those D pairings need some work. But for him to come in and to be averaging like 19 minutes of ice time a night and also getting a ton of time with that top power play unit, I think the, the coaching staff has nailed it with Addison. We just need to get Marco Rossi to that same level. Uh, so that uh, so that he can start to contribute to this team more than he currently has. So Addison has been a bright spot. The Jost, Felino Erickson, Eck line has been a bright spot. And I'll finish today by talking about Philip Gustafson. And we, we discussed it when we talked about the goaltending situation. I, I liked that Gustafson was more quiet in the net. I think Flurry kind of makes things difficult for himself sometimes with how much he moves around and kind of where he puts himself um, in terms of his positioning, both in the net and in the crease. Gustafson and being a, a bigger goalie than Flurry is, Gustafson just kind of hunkers down. And I I can see why the uh, the team, when Flurry, or when uh, Talbot, that is, kind of threw his his trade demand out there. Um, it's not a surprise that that Gustafson was a target to uh, acquire in return because I think there real I think there is something there 
that the Wild can tap into. It's just a matter of when and how much of a leash is Flurry given to uh, to try to kind of figure things out here. So, again, I'll round the show out with the we're two games in. And so there's a lot of time still for things to be ironed out. There's a lot of time for this team to to right the ship and to get on track and to look like a team that can compete for a playoff spot. So, yes, this two-game stretch to start the season has been incredibly frustrating, but there's still plenty of time to write it. And the hope has to be that this team does. That's the hope, first and foremost, is that they find a way to kind of get everything back on track. We'll wait and see. Monday's not going to be easy. The uh, The Stanley Cup champions come into town, and they have been a menace on the power play so far this year. So it is not going to be easy, and it has potential if this team plays like they did the first two games of the year. It has potential to look even worse than uh, these first two games have. So it's it's kind of put-up-or-shut-up time for this, uh, this wild team if they want to be a team that's looked at as a playoff contender. So... We'll, uh, we'll preview a little more in depth um, the Avalanche game uh, coming up tomorrow as well as our uh, return to Micheletti Mondays. So two episodes coming up for you tomorrow on Lockdown Wild. We thank you for tuning in as always to uh, another episode of Lockdown Wild. Make sure if you haven't already to subscribe on YouTube and turn those notifications on so you don't miss out on any episodes that we have lined up for you throughout the season. We're going to hit you with a lot of content. I want to try to, as much as possible, do game previews and recaps because I think it allows you to both look at a broad scale on this team and a game-by-game basis, which I think is valuable uh, in both instances. So we will uh, we'll have one of those for you uh, coming up tomorrow as well as uh, another episode. So make sure to tune in. We appreciate all the support that uh, all the listeners have, have given this show uh, over the last uh, couple of seasons since I took over. And I'll always appreciate the interaction on YouTube as well. So uh, keep it coming, and uh, we will continue to give you great content here at Locked on Wilds. We are giving you new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports podcast network.